47th episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. This project is made possible by the Tao Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. I am a graduate of that program, not a student, and if you don't know me, I have a long history covering and researching the far right, specifically a hate group known as the Proud Boys. I want to briefly explain this project before I start into this week's episode. Decoding Fox News was designed to help the friends, family members, neighbors, co-workers, and colleagues of people who are deeply entrenched in the Fox News universe. Think of this as a support network of sorts to help you navigate the nonsense that your Fox-loving friends might spew at you. Throughout this podcast, I will refer to something called the newsletter that can be found at my Substack channel for Decoding Fox News. It's the exact same thing as the podcast without me ad-libbing, and it should be right underneath the exact same episode. They have the same name, one just says podcast, so you should be able to find it no problem, same exact headline. The newsletter is very handy for a lot of people because some folks like to read rather than listen because maybe they're uh, scrolling on their commute to work or whatever. And that's great. And it also includes hyperlinks. So you can click on any source that I might mention in this podcast if you want to see it for yourself. Um, it's all going to be in, in the newsletter. I also have fun and exciting graphs in the newsletter, but they usually come at the very end. Uh, sometimes I can write underneath them, like I can give you more detail, and sometimes I cannot because I run out of room on my Substack. There's like a limited space on the Substack. So before I get to this week's episode, I just want to mention that the grant that finances this project, which was a humble salary for yours truly, is ending in mid-February. And so um, I might get picked up by another organization. I might not. I don't know yet. I don't know what's going on. But for the moment, as far as I know, everything's going to fall off a cliff in mid-February. And I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to keep this going because I don't have enough subscribers yet and uh, Patreons to live off of it. Not even close. But it has grown a lot very quickly, which is giving me hope. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I might have to work part-time and do this part-time. I might have to figure something out. We'll figure something out. I have faith. I don't, I'm kind of going on a lot of faith here. I was self-employed for 18 years before going to grad school. And if you've ever been self-employed, you know that crazy feeling of just not knowing what's going to happen next week or next month, and you just keep going anyway. <laughs> the power of being self-employed. It just it takes a certain mindset, uh, which apparently I have. I never wanted it uh, for many, many reasons. I ended up self-employed that I did not plan for, and I just kept going. So anyway... If you can support the project, please consider becoming a paid subscriber on my Substack or a Patreon supporter. And that also starts at $5 a month. And I have extras for my Patreons from time to time. I, I wish I could give you more. This gig makes me work so freaking hard. I work every single day, pretty much. Uh, very long hours. But let's get into it because I'm excited. I think there's some really fun media clips this week. Fun as far as making fun of Fox fun. So here we go. Here's the headline. Fox News, the birth of, of a conspiracy theory. 
But his documents is the new never-ending story. A condensed overview of 15 hours of Fox News for the week ending January 22nd, 2023. This week, a typical Fox News viewer would think that classified documents were planted in every Biden property by scheming Democrats who want him to prevent him from running for re-election in 2024. The same Fox fan might think the World Economic Forum would lead to Islamist communist countries destroying the American way of life. Anyone who exclusively watched Fox News last week wouldn't know that Elon Musk is embroiled in a lawsuit filed by Tesla shareholders over a tweet he made about making the company private. Fox viewers probably missed stories about a major plane crash in Nepal, a hunger strike in a Texas prison, or violent political protests in Peru. A lover of the Murdoch-owned news empire was basically fed a diet of conspiracy theories about classified documents and not much else. The story dominated the network's coverage, taking up 25% of its total airtime. Again, that's two weeks in a row. Fox anchors also sowed panic surrounding the World Economic Forum held in Davos, Switzerland. More than one Fox anchor acted as if the United States was at the tipping point for falling into a communist dystopia at any moment. It was more of the usual Fox propaganda with some extra tinfoil hat. Shows I covered last week, Fox and Friends, The First Hour, The Five, and Hannity. So I mentioned a video that I spent a lot of time on, and this was after I was all caught up last week on Friday, which that never happens. It never happens. I'm usually on a Saturday watching the PBS hours I had to put off to keep up with Fox. But last week, I was perfect. Everything was done on Friday. It was amazing. And I was so excited. And then I got this idea over the weekend because I was thinking about the clips and thinking about the newsletter, and I thought, you know what? I got to do it. And it bothered me that both this past week and the week prior, this theme of somehow Democrats were purposefully scheming to get rid of Joe Biden kept coming up. And Judge Janine on Friday had made a comment where she said something like, well, remember when I came up with it? She didn't actually say that, but she sort of implied that she came up with this theory. And I thought to myself, no, you didn't, because I saw that on multiple shows on the same day. Like, you didn't come up with that. So I decided to go backward and figure out where it came from. And so to do that, uh, I keep a spreadsheet of every single episode. And I went through and found segments that said Biden's classified documents. And I had to put all 30 of these hours into Premiere Pro, line it up with the transcript, like where is it in the transcript, find it, cut it out, and then look through it again. And because the wording was slightly different every time, I had to rewatch all of these segments. I couldn't search through it. Like sometimes if I just want to look up Biden like Biden's hat, like if some Biden's hat was part of a story, you can go through a transcript and write Biden's hat and it'll show you exactly where it is and you can find it. This was too uh, convoluted. So I did that and this took hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And then I put it all together and I put the dates and then I wrote a tweet and I thought, okay, we'll just see how this goes. And it's doing quite well. 
And other people, uh, this is what always makes me the happiest, is other people who do similar work that I do retweeted it and liked it. And that, that pleases me more than anybody because, you know, I just graduated last year. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I, you know, sometimes I feel like very confident. Sometimes I'm like, <laughs> oh, I just made fun of Jesse Waters again. So, it, you know, so I was very happy that people really liked this tweet. So I'm going to play it for you and kind of break it up as I walk through it. So what happened was, as I go backward in time, the first time this theme got brought up was Thursday, January 12th on the five and here's the surprising part it was backwards and i'll just let the clip speak for itself and i'll break it up as we go along and it looks like the view and a democrat congressman have a solid theory on the documents <laughs> to you does it feel like the republicans are behind it <laughs> it did originally but i'm sorry, sorry. but not not how now. do we not know it's not hasn't been planted geraldo maybe this is the work Come of on. the russians no it's the work of the russians it's the same so that's the first reference even though it's not about democrats it's about republicans and the first person who says it is sunny uh, hostin from the view and what she said is fairly mild. She just says, "Does it are Republicans behind it? And then there's a clip that I cut for time where it was uh, Representative Hank Johnson who basically said the same thing to a reporter outside of Congress. He said, well, how do we know it wasn't planted? Um, and that's it. And then Greg Gutfeld made, made the joke about, well, maybe it was Russians. Well, later that night... On Tucker Carlson tonight, we get this. Harris was grinning the whole time. And why wouldn't she be grinning? That senile white guy who claims to be her boss is finally going down, 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 down. Now, Carlson's remark is kind of subtle because he doesn't actually say that any Democrat intended this to happen, but he claims that they're excited about it happening. So it's kind of along the same theme. Now, this next two clips, these next two clips, I should say, one is from The Five, and the next is also from Tucker Carlson tonight, same day, Friday, and we're going to see how this is moving a little bit forward. And again, these are in discussions about the classified documents. Is this some of the Dems who don't want Joe Biden to run? Everybody's With opportunism from within the national security apparatus yeah. to push him? That's what we want to know. I think this is make way for Michelle. Just my view. Not provable. Okay, so that voice that you heard is Buck Sexton. He is a former CIA officer, and he also has a radio show with Clay Travis. He's a frequent guest on Fox News. So he's implying it's the intelligence agency, but again, no proof whatsoever. And then Tucker implies that somehow Michelle Obama, I'm assuming, is going to run for president. Because why not? You know, the woman's never held public office before other than first lady. She's never run for office anywhere. But according to Fox, she's going to run for president. Okay, sure. So these next two clips are from the Monday after that Friday. And again, this is after the weekend. And you're going to hear a clip from The Five and Hannity. What, what's interesting about this is uh, there's a part of me that wants to believe that a lot of this is being promoted by the Dems because they don't want Donald Trump to run for, uh, uh, excuse me, they don't want him to run either, but they don't want Joe Biden to run <laughs> for president. That. But I think, it hurt, I think you know, your essential question of are they trying to push him aside? Who do they really have? He can't turn it over to his vice president. 
So that, of course, is Judge Janine and then Kellyanne Conway both basically saying the same thing. And the context, again, is that this was bo- they were both talking about the classified documents. These were in segments that were long, drawn-out classified documents. So they both act like they were like coming up with this idea on their own. Next one is from Thursday, same week, also the five. This gonna, is this the effect, the deliberate effect from the Democrats to keep him from launching? Well, I think I said this... Last week, I said, you know what? This could be the Democrats saying we got to get this geezer out of the way. So that was from Thursday of last week. And now we're going to hear a clip from Friday. Will Kane on Hannity putting a nice little bow on it. Most of America at this point, including probably the Democratic Party and most of those who exist in Washington, D.C., regardless of what administration is in power, are done. I think they are done with Joe Biden. I think his incompetence and his senility has become undeniable and obvious to the point where they're thinking we can't run him in 2024. But they're saying he's about to announce that he's running after the State of the Union. Uh, At the same time, they are allowing, and I think that's a fair word, allowing the classified documents to become the number one story in America, so much so that it's even covered by CNN. So a lot to unpack there in that uh, Will Cain implies that the Democratic Party somehow controls all of the media And they have decided to make this the number one story and that this is somehow three-dimensional chess to take down this old man president who everybody hates and they have to get rid of him and then put in Newsom or whomever. Now, I heard this exact same conspiracy theory again this morning on Fox and Friends, and I basically just saved that clip in case they keep doing this and I want to do another clip about it. Who knows? But yeah, that's you saw the evolution slowly over time. And now it's just become canon. It's just accepted as 100% unquestionable. Yet, one thing that you will notice in all of those clips, absolutely no one had a shred of evidence to back up their goofy theories. They didn't have an insider. They didn't have any sort of documentation. They didn't have a whistleblower. They didn't have anything. They had nothing. But they're just going to... They're just going to keep going with it because that's Fox News. This is right-wing media. All you have to do is yell a lot and and commit. Just commit to the goofy theory. Just commit and you're good. I mean, Judge Jeanine Pirro is a, the, probably the best example. And she was like three times represented in that clip. So this next one is one of my favorite. I included it just because I thought it was funny. Uh, I admit this openly. But she's one of my favorite uh, Fox News hosts. And that's Rachel Campos Duffy. Former MTV VJ. No, she was never a VJ. She was a reality television star on MTV. So only the best. VJ was Kennedy. But Rachel Campos Duffy went from like real world and her husband was on an MTV reality show too. And then somehow they met, they married, they had nine kids. And Rachel Campos Duffy says wacky things often. So of course I get excited when I see her on a show. Uh, This is about the Mar-a-Lago search. Rachel has a brilliant plan. Brilliant idea. Could you imagine if Rudy Giuliani was in charge of finding whatever documents were in Mar-a-Lago? You know, this was totally different. There should have already been a, a FBI raid. By the way, not just for these documents. There's lots of crimes in the Biden family that need mm-hmm. to be investigated. But, you know, they went into Mar-a-Lago. They raided Trump's house. They went into Barron's bedroom. No one goes into Hunter Biden's bedroom to see what's going on. That clip is funny to me for a number of reasons. But the first being that she compared a minor-aged child with a man in his 50s. So, okay. 
And yes, Hunter Biden did use that uh, home for his uh, mailing address for a minute, but it was probably when he was traveling around the world. Who knows? I don't really understand, but we don't know the full picture there yet. But really, the idea of Rudy Giuliani, out of all of Trump's lawyers, Rudy Giuliani being the one to go to Mar-a-Lago and search for those documents. I think what that would have turned into is Rudy Giuliani searching for a microphone and a camera because that's what he likes to do. And maybe have like his hair dye like melt down the side of his face, perhaps be creepy with some woman, marry a cousin. You know, that's what he does. That's the Rudy Giuliani's way, sort of. You know, try to sell something 9-11 related. He's a classy guy. I'd actually love to see Rachel Campos Duffy like meet up with Rudy Giuliani and just have a conversation about anything because I bet it would be absolutely bonkers, just completely bonkers. And I would just sit there eating popcorn on the side like, yes. So this next section is about Sean Hannity. Now, Sean Hannity is the highest paid personality on Fox News. He also produces a daily three-hour radio show that is part of his compensation with the network. Hannity also has the longest-running career with Fox. He was the first personality hired as on-air talent when Fox News launched in 1996. Hannity also holds the record for the longest-running host in cable news history. Despite all of these achievements and his long-standing relationship with Fox... Hannity, his show, is sinking in the ratings. For months now, The Five, Tucker Carlson Tonight, and Jesse Waters Primetime. Yes. That piece of... Mm, Jesse Waters Primetime have larger audiences than Hannity. Panic is starting to set in. Hannity has decided to revamp his fairly dull form format of inviting on two to three guests for every segment and letting them do dominate the dialogue. So one of his new additions is the hot seat, a segment with an opposing voice, which is very rare on Fox News. Now, it's supposed to be a rapid fire back and forth of a pressing political issue. The segment usually dissolves into Sean Hannity yelling over his guests while disrespecting them. Last week was probably the best example of this abusive interview style. Hannity asked Richard Fowler, a sometimes liberal voice on The Five, to discuss the Biden classified document scandal. I'm going to have another hot seat uh, segment after this. But the, and I'm just going to play this. We're not going to break this up because it's, it's kind of incomprehensible. I purposely put the sections together where Hannity was just yelling over his guests. Uh, and in this section, it makes it even uglier because Richard Fowler is a black man. So to, And you'll understand when you hear the language that Hannity's using towards him. It's not. It's just... It's very unpleasant. As a Democrat, can you be intellectually honest enough to admit there's a double standard? Uh, well, first of all, you're mixing a lot of different stories here. Let's start no, with Hillary Clinton. They're all the same. It's about three before, different people with top no, secret no, classified it, information actually, and the treatment yeah, you're, of the you're, three. So focus. You can keep up. You're right. You're not answering my Trump. general question. Is there a I am double answering your question? It, no, you're, you're not. trying to compare because Hillary three Clinton different never, elected Hillary officials. Hillary Clinton never had her home raided, nor did Hillary Clinton also testified in her front home of wasn't raided. A U.S. Richard, attorney, keep up. Her home wasn't raided. Trump was attorney for a number. That's Mr. Fowler, let me refresh Department your memory. We don't have a lot of time. 
Sure, if you please recall, do. before the raid, the here, before the raid, the FBI was in the very room where those those classified documents were found. They were but there. But this is not about had, the FBI. This is about the they National They were there. Archives. They didn't need to write letters. They saw it all. They could have taken it with them that day. But this is they about chose, the They chose yeah, not to. Not <laughs> they asked for a padlock. They got the padlock, and then comes the raid anyway. Be clear. The FBI, a federal judge. Uh, the a federal judge issued and a subpoena, and the subpoena was served. It was not a raid. Under it was a Democratic administrations, they only raided one, one president or one presidential candidate, and that was Trump. And the other candidates got different treatment. Because That's not he, equal he justice not rated. He was or served equal a application it was not of our laws. And that's not good it, for this but country. But it was not a raid. But Let's use I the right language here. Fact patterns and language matters. When we come back, good hate speech you, laws. Are now, I just want to say, I've seen Richard Fowler on The Five. And he's very bright. He gets, he gets zingers in there. He's almost at Jessica Tarloff level. Jessica Tarloff is the master at The Five. But she's on the show far more often than he is. I think if he was on the show as often, he would easily get up to her skill at dealing with that panel. I've only seen him on a handful of times. But the optics of this were just horrible. So you have this incredibly well-dressed, well-spoken, polished, professional man who happens to be black. And then you have this older white man who's just screaming at him, focus, you know, keep up, keep up, focus. That's just not pleasant, just awful, just awful. And of course he can debate anyone, but just I don't know. Some of those were just all of it was bad. Just bad. You know, just and also just why don't you let him speak? Hannity, basically, you could see it in his eyes. He would get nervous when Fowler would start to make a decent point that he did not know how to argue against. And he'd just yell over him. And he just you, you heard it even in that clip. He just kind of repeated himself a few times. So this next clip is also a hot seat um, clip. But this time we have Jessica Tarloff, who, again, is the master liberal. I say that as a joke because she's on quite a bit. Um, on the five with Pete Hegseth. And this also gets really weird, but it's not as it, you can hear the difference. And again, all of these three people are white. Um, so you don't have a racial element, but it's. Yeah, you'll just hear it. They're talking about the World Economic Forum and they kind of go right off the rails really quickly. Why a penny to the World Health Organization? Why are we giving, why don't we let China have the UN? They can keep it. They can pay the $7 billion a year that we're paying. Well, if these international organizations don't have U.S. influence, I'd say, generally speaking, more Western Democratic influence, we know what's going to happen. China, Russia, Iran, North Korea, those are going to be the countries that are in charge of the world, not us. We're the leader of the free world. It's our responsibility to take and you part think in these. It makes, you I would think never these... say that they are well managed. It. You think that the, these organizations are having any positive impact, that the American people are I benefiting do. from the billions of dollars that our government wastes on these globalist socialist organizations? First of all, I would add to the pile, if you're going to insist on calling them globalist socialist organizations, the fact that they're democratic organizations, and that's one of their core missions to promote. So let's look at NATO. <laughs> what NATO is doing right now to support Ukraine is one of the most incredible things in modern history. Where would we be right now? Vladimir Putin would be in charge of Ukraine. The wait, USSR wait, wait would be being rebuilt if it weren't for NATO. Who's paying more for NATO, okay. the United States or Western European NATO countries? We are. We, we are paying Go more. Ahead, you I can would answer. never. We, so we are. 
No, I, I said we are. We are. I, but yeah, everyone knows that we are. First of all, we have more money than them to contribute. And I'm not saying that we can't reassess how much we do contribute to these organizations. Tell tell that to the middle class and poor that are struggling. Western Europe is a capitalist set of countries, too. So I just want to point out, and I've seen um, Tarloff in this segment on Hannity's show before, and he's yelled over her. But you notice he wasn't saying keep up and focus. Just going to point that out. Uh, Very obvious, but I'm just pointing that out. Uh, And what you didn't see, because you can't see it in audio is while she was speaking, Pete Hegseth was making faces and laughing at her and, and they were both sort of kind of teaming up on her, but they did let her speak and she did manage to get quite a bit out there as valiantly as she can't could. Now she's again, I think a little bit more used to this because she's on the five far more often. And I think she's the best liberal they have on the five because Geraldo will get some good zingers in there every now and then. But he also just capitulates constantly, and he's kind of a moderate. And then uh, Harold Ford Jr., who I think is probably an incredibly nice man, is def- he comes across as being very genuine and kind and earnest, but he's completely a moderate. I mean, he says that he need- we need a border wall and that George W. Bush was a great president. And I'm like, okay, sure. You're not a liberal, sir. There's no way if you have those two beliefs that you would be a liberal. But it's all good. Whatever. So this next one is funny, especially if you know anything about economics. This is Pete Hegseth. It's from the same segment. I just kind of isolated this moment because it needed to be isolated. Their global control over refugees. Where are they they, uh, flowing from? Islamist uh, supremacy governments, socialist communist governments. Yes, that's a problem that's a lot different than whether it's raining or whether it's drier. Here you've got global elites in Davos in one of the countries with the smallest government, closed borders and a homogeneous culture preaching at the rest of us that we need a uh, command and control economy, command and control government, open our borders and that culture identity is, is an evil thing. Just want to make a quick comment because he sort of mentioned Switzerland at the end there. Switzerland is actually considered one of the most capitalist countries in the world. It's it's not even close to he sort of makes it out to be this like hippy dippy. Absolutely not. Look it up if you don't believe me. Switzerland, incredibly capitalist. And I also just want to add very quickly, not to go down another rabbit hole, but Switzerland has universal health care for all of its citizens And it's an incredibly capitalist country, so they figured it out, just letting you know. It's very expensive there. It's a little bit more similar to the United States system than the rest of Europe, but they still, everybody gets covered. If you want to see a great documentary, I am wasting time here, but I think it's worth sharing this with you guys. There's this great uh, frontline documentary, which is amazing, called Sick Around the World, and they go through the healthcare systems of most industrialized countries in Asia and in Europe. And it's fascinating because they're all quite different. This idea that universal healthcare has to be one specific way is just not true. And, you know, they all have strengths and weaknesses to their system. But anyway, it's very fascinating. Highly recommend. You can find that online. Please look it up. So I wanted to talk about communism, which is a topic that I get worked up about because I happen to go to the Soviet Union when I was a student with a performing arts group. I can't make this up. It was like a student exchange program. So I'm a very rare American who actually experienced, um, at least for about six weeks, 
Soviet-style communism. And because I was a teenager and I was a student, they did not uh, shelter us or worry about us at all. We didn't get any sort of government treatment of like, oh, this is the good stuff you have to see. Absolutely not. They treated us like children. So I stayed in a Soviet flat. I stayed in a pioneer camp, which is like their their indoctrination camps for communists. And uh, this was, again, right at the end of communism. So it was just a bleak, depressing mess of corruption and sadness. And anyway, so the five countries that are still considered communist in the world is China, which has not practiced true communism since it enacted free market reforms in 1978. Vietnam. The economy also includes some free market reforms due to excessive debt from the Vietnam War and failures in collective farming. Laos, which is right next to Vietnam, has a similar hybrid economy like China and similar one-party rule. It's one of the poorest countries in Southeast Asia. North Korea. It's, God, North Korea is kind of its own thing, but a dictatorship run by a family dynasty the government owns all the means of production. So there's some debate. People call North Korea a lot of things, but technically, yeah, it's communist. Cuba, the closest economy that could be described as communist, although the government control over key sectors of the economy was reduced in August 2011 as a continuation of the economic reforms initiated by Raul Castro. Um, that's Fidel's brother. The new reforms included encouragement for the creation of small businesses. Cuba's economy was also artificially propped up for decades by the USSR. It still has one-party rule that strictly controls everything in the country. Now, if you love communism, that's great. Uh, I'm not a huge fan, but you don't have to agree with anything I say on this podcast. It's a big rule of mine. If you disagree with me right now and you're shaking your fist and yelling at your computer, it's fine. I point this out. To show that this idea that communism is going to take over the world is absolutely laughable. Absolutely laughable. And the idea of an Islamist communist country is, what are you talking about? The Middle East, which is, I guess what he's talking about when he says Islamist, any country in the Middle East, like Iran, for instance, uh, Qatar, Iraq, you, you know, Saudi Arabia, those are not socialist countries. What happens a lot with right-wingers is they somehow equate democracy and capitalism, and they are two different things. Democracy is a form of government. Capitalism is an economic model. You can have a theocracy and capitalism. You can have a dictatorship and capitalism. You can have a monarchy and capitalism, and that's kind of what you see in the Middle East. You see different versions of that. But you don't see communism. It's kind of dying. So this idea that communism is taking over the world is absolutely backward. Because China is this bizarre hybrid, and it has been since the 70s. Uh, Vietnam and Laos and Cuba are closer. But they're very tiny countries with very small GDPs. So I, I just, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're, you're just making stuff up. You're going to just throw in that they're woke and they, they teach CRTV and everybody's trans too. Are you going to throw all that together and call it the evil country? I don't get it. You're just making stuff up. Okay, I'm getting all worked up. So the last one, before we get into the list of the stories that Fox News didn't cover, is Marjorie Taylor Greene calling Representative Ilhan Omar anti-Semitic. And I included, after her remark... 
three instances of Marjorie Taylor Greene being anti-Semitic. Deserve to be removed. Ilhan Omar is another example. She's anti-Semitic and she should not be on foreign affairs. Okay, so the next selection of clips I curated from YouTube, I just pulled them from other news, news programs, are all about Marjorie Taylor Greene. And the Congresswoman appeared at a white nationalist event on Friday. It's now a familiar clip of video. Georgia Republican Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene welcomed by Nick Fuentes at his America First Political Action Conference in Orlando this past Friday. Just There's after. an ongoing feud within the GOP that seems to be escalating now. It's fueled by new comments from Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, who compared mask wearing to the Holocaust. You know, we can look back in a time in history where people were told to wear a gold star and they were definitely treated like second class citizens, so much so that they were put in trains and taken to gas chambers in Nazi Germany. And this is exactly the type of abuse that Nancy Pelosi is talking about. About See the lasers. Here in her own words is Congresswoman Green on the lasers from her Facebook post, quote, there are too many coincidences to ignore. I find it very interesting that Roger Kimmel on the board of directors of PG&E is also vice chairman of Rothschild, Inc. What a coincidence it must be that Governor Brown signed a bill protecting PG&E and allowing them to pass off the cost of fire responsibility to its customers. It must also be a coincidence that the fires are burning in the same projected areas that the high-speed rail project is to be built. And what are the odds that Feinstein's husband, Richard Bloom, is the contractor to the rail project? Then, oddly, there are all these people who said they saw what looked like lasers or blue beams of light causing the fires and pictures and videos. Solar space generators collect the sun's energy and then beam it back to Earth. If they're beaming the sun's energy back to Earth, I'm sure they wouldn't ever miss a transmitter receiving station, right? Question mark, question mark, exclamation point, exclamation point. What would that look like anyway? A laser beam? Or light beam coming down to earth, I guess. Could that cause a fire? Hmm. That's her in her own words. And that is, of course, Rachel Maddow from MSNBC. I wanted to include that whole segment because I had personally had never heard or read the entire Marjorie Taylor Greene Jewish lasers craziness. I knew that she promoted it, the idea that Jewish people bought lasers and aimed them at the sky and somehow caused fires in Northern California. But I had no idea how wackadoodle it was. So it was, it was funny to hear Rachel uh, Maddow go through the whole thing. So the next section of the podcast is one that it takes me the most time to do every single week is the stories that Fox News ignored. Every week I compare 15 hours of Fox News to five hours of the PBS NewsHour. The following is a list of stories. PBS covered that Fox News didn't mention. Here we go. At least 68 people were killed due to a plane crash in Nepal last week. It was the worst air crash in three decades for the small Himalayan country. PBS also featured a segment last week about the illegal organ harvesting cartels from India that prey on Nepali people. Demonstrations have continued in Peru, demanding the president's resignation. The protest began after former President Pedro Castillo attempted to dissolve Congress after he was facing impeachment. After his attempt to replace elected officials, Castillo was removed from office and arrested. At least 55 people have died since the protest began. PBS continued with its extensive coverage of catastrophic flood damage in Pakistan 
for the third week in a row. Fox News hasn't mentioned the crisis in any of the shows I've covered. About 4 million children are living in close proximity to stagnant and contaminated floodwaters. Roughly 8 million people remain displaced. The PBS segment focused on innovative methods that local architects and engineers have found to help the population create low-cost housing. Solomon Pena, a former Republican candidate in New Mexico, was arrested and charged with targeting the homes of Democratic lawmakers in drive-by shootings. Prior to running for Congress, Pena had served nearly seven years for armed burglary and had been demoted twice while in the U.S. Navy. Pena was also known for promoting wild conspiracy theories and had said that the 2020 election officials should be sent to Guantanamo Bay. None of this stopped the New Mexican Republican Party from endorsing his candidacy. Elon Musk, the CEO of Tesla, is currently testifying in a shareholder lawsuit over a tweet he made where he said he was thinking about taking Tesla private for $420 a share and that he had funding secured. That phrase resulted in Musk having to step down as executive chairman and pay millions of dollars in fines and legal fees. Kenneth Roth, the former executive director of Human Rights Watch, will have his Harvard University fellowship reinstated. The college had withdrawn it after Roth publicly stated criticism of Israel's leaders and government. Texas prisoners have staged a hunger strike as a means to protest solitary confinement. The U.S. Justice Department has cracked down on Russian nationals involved in cryptocurrency schemes. The Supreme Court of Israel ordered Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to fire a senior cabinet member due to his criminal past. A former top security officer in the Mexican government, Gennardo Garcia Luna, went on trial last week on charges he accepted millions of dollars in bribes to help drug cartels sell drugs and avoid capture. PBS also did an extended segment on the relationship between climate change and extreme weather. China's population fell for the first time since 1961. The decline is in part due to its former one-child policy. Since parents were allowed to only raise one child, many families selected boy babies over girls, and now the population has too many men and not enough women. China's economy has also slowed last year, mainly due to COVID-19. 62 women and four babies who were captured by suspected jihadists in Burkina Faso have been freed by military forces. Italy's most wanted mafia boss, Matteo Messina De Nero, was arrested after 30 years on the run. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services said it will target audit, do, begin targeted audits of nursing homes to verify if residents have been accurately diagnosed with schizophrenia due to an alleged overuse of antipsychotic drugs in such facilities. Even though Fox News includes a brief segment on the NFL almost every morning as part of Fox and Friends, the network has never addressed the league's diversity problem. PBS produced an extended segment about the racial disparity that exists in coaching positions in the league. Even though most NFL players are black, most coaches and members of management are white. Advocates in Greece who help migrants could face years in prison. Critics say Greece is trying to criminalize humanitarian work. And that's a much bigger story that I could include, but people are being uh, tried in court for doing things as simple as handing bottled water to migrants as they come off a raft. The Department of State launched a new program to help refugees called Welcome Corps, 
a new private sponsorship that empowers Americans to play a leading role in welcoming refugees. And finally, Italian film star Gina Lola Brigida died at the age of 95. And she's a fascinating woman because she was apparently going to run for Congress or Parliament in Italy the same year that she died, like last year. I found all these stories about that. And I was like, wow, who knew? And she still looked great for 95. She looked amazing. Okay, so by the numbers, uh, for Fox, the top story was, of course, Biden classified documents, World Economic Forum. This one... I thought it was funny because this is ridiculous that it was 8% of their airtime. Alec Baldwin criminal charges. That's a story. It should not be 8% of your airtime. Come on. Border crisis, 5%, and anti-Biden stories. Anti-Biden stories are just kind of generic. He's senile. He's old. Okay, so PBS NewsHour, the top five topics by percentage for the week were... Debt ceiling impending, which I think is far more important to the average American. Ukraine war, those were both 8%. Biden classified documents at only 6%. So huge difference from Fox. Artist profiles, which is a staple of PBS. And finally, this was kind of amusing. Gas stoves at 4%. They were like a week late, week later than Fox with the gas stoves. And there's just a sort of explored like why people think gas stoves are bad. Finally, Fox News words used for the week ending January 22nd, 2023. Nothing crazy. Uh, Biden, 394, which is a lot. Uh, Documents, 201. Trump, 114. The word classified, 113. Border, 88. FBI, 85. Hunter Biden, 82. China, 67. Crime, 41. Homelessness, 30. Migrant, 26. Hillary, bizarrely, 23, because they kept talking about her documents. And this was super exciting. There's a few more. You can, If you want to see that, what these graphs look like, you can go to the newsletter. Uh, very exciting. AOC, zero. This has only happened twice. Only twice, in the. I think. If I'm, it might be three times. It doesn't really matter. But AOC gets mentioned every single week. Even when she's not in the news, they just bring her up, they just whip her in, they stick her in any story. Because they hate AOC. For the first time, Fetterman, who again, is he in the news? No, he's not. But they have to talk about him. They have to find their people that they make into villains. Fetterman got mentioned three times. Newsom got mentioned three times. AOC, zero. Goose egg. And I checked and triple checked. So that's the podcast. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support the podcast again, Decoding Fox News at Patreon. You can become a paid subscriber. If you'd like to just donate once, there's a little dollar sign next to my name on my Twitter. You can click that. It's all good. It'll help keep this going. Um, I am basically, the this past year I've been living off of kind of a subsistence salary. So not raking it in at all. Just surviving. But I really wanted to do this project. I was excited about doing this project. And I did it. And I'm, you know, we'll see what happens. Odin and Thor, my cats, send their love. I had to re-record sections of this because they were playing and they were too loud. So that's how into the podcast they were this week. Um, Thank you so much for listening. I might have another uh, episode this week. We'll see. I've got some other things planned. Thank you so much. I'll see you at the next podcast.